Hey, I'm Nicole, your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we're going to be talking tangible action that you can take in order to achieve the life you thought was only achievable after retirement. Everything you want now in life, you can have it. Will it take hard work, patience, and uncomfortable growth? You bet it will, but it will be so worth it. On this show, we will be deep diving into the topics of lifestyle design, travel, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. I myself am a global citizen and world traveler who left my home country and conventional lifestyle behind for a life of adventure and following my passions. And that's exactly what I want for you. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. This is our Digital Nomad Digest series with myself and Cami. So in today's episode, this is going to be a very fun and hopefully somewhat light episode. We are going to be talking about travel gone wrong, our experiences in travel, and when things didn't really go as planned in various different capacities today. So Cami, why don't you start us out and tell us when you think of travel gone wrong, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, so as we were talking, the very first story that comes to my mind is when I was living in Bali in from 2019 to 2020, I did a two-week travel in Thailand with my friend And it was very much like beach and party, you know, like staying up until really late. And then in Thailand, I don't know if you've ever been, I think you have, um, they have like those buckets of, (laughs) that are like one euro, then you drink so much. And yeah, it was just like, I remember being so not okay (laughs) in that um, trip. But anyways, and I remember that. I think it was either on the New Year's Eve or like one day. Yeah, I think it was like about to become 2020 or something like that. We went, me and my friend, we went on this like pirates cruise thing, which was like basically a party boat in Thailand. And the first place that they stopped was the Monkey Island in the Fifi Islands. So, um, um... Yeah, Kofifi, right? Like those beautiful, yeah, yeah, exactly, magnificent place. Beautiful place. Um, It's a bit bit tainted for me because of this whole story. (laughs) But yeah, so first place we stopped was like this monkey island, which was basically what it is, like what's like the name says, it's an island of monkeys, full of monkeys. And I remember that I was feeling like very introspective this day. I was going through like some situationship stuff. I was like really, you know, going inside of myself and thinking about my own life and blah, blah, blah. So we got with the boat there and they were like, okay, you can either go swimming before everyone else or like jump on the on the sea and then go swimming on the onto the island. Or you can grab these little boats that are coming from like the main pirate boat to like to the island. So I was like, you know, I'm feeling really introspective. I think I'm going to go swimming and like, I'm really, you know, this nature girl. This time I was like walking barefoot everywhere, super like Bali, whatever. 
um, was really into this character. So I told my friend, like, I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to go first. Um, I don't want to wait for this boat. You know, I don't need a boat to get to the island. And then she was like, oh okay, gosh, I... Well, like, I just love you in this moment. You're like, I'm so into this character. I don't need a boat. I don't need shoes. Like, <laughs> island girl to the max. Honestly, like my friend hated me on this trip because I was walking on the on the streets of uh, Bangkok barefoot. Like no. I didn't. Yes. <laughs> like post on road <laughs> barefoot. <laughs> like I mean, you put a fucking pair of shoes. Like wear sandals. I don't care. Like just wear something. We're in Bangkok. Like it's not like you're. Like that, in- you know that poster? Like live, love, laugh, or like whatever. Like that's just your embodiment right now. <laughs> I swear, like, this period of my life, I was really hippie, like, oh my god, I don't like shoes, you know, my foot, my feet has to be, like, in close contact with nature, and I wore this, like, this nothing clothes, you know, anyways, and I was really, like, I am one with nature, oh my god, there's another one that I'm remembering, like, so, tangent with the barefoot thing like I walked barefoot so much that I remember when I was in Bali I was like on the scooter again barefoot because I was like I don't need shoes like who needs shoes whatever and then it was really late at night I was just like I was parking my scooter was going down um getting off the scooter and then I stepped and squished on something and I felt it and I was like oh my god I, I just know what it is. And then I turned on the torch of my phone. She went to look at it. It was a cockroach. I killed a cockroach with my bear. Ew! Ew. It was so <laughs> disgusting. It was so disgusting. So disgusting. But I really hope you changed your philosophy on shoes after that. After that, it didn't change for some quite some time yet. Then eventually I came back to, I don't know, planet Earth. And then, <laughs> but yeah so this is just a little tangent about the 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 barefoot story but this is not the story so ended up going and swimming on the island and everything and i was like got there i was one of the first ones that got there and full of monkeys and everything there were already tourists like taking photos of the monkey running the monkeys like running after the monkeys and everything and i when I was like looking at that and I was like, oh my God, this is such an exploitation of monkeys. And, you know, like, because, you know, like in a sense, it's kind of weird. And like yeah, people feeding the monkeys and like going to this island just to like annoy the monkeys and everything. So I was feeling really bad. I wasn't feeling aligned with that. And at the time, I think I was still vegetarian. So I was very like, oh my God, the animals, blah, blah, blah. And... It really, like, I still don't agree with whatever was happening in that island. But anyway, so I wanted to remove, quote-unquote, myself from that situation and, like, that experience. So I took a seat, like, on a rock far away from everyone else. So I was just, like, sitting there and, like, waiting for, you know, everyone to do their thing, take their photos with their with the monkeys. I didn't want to engage with the monkeys. I wanted to, like, respect their space and respect their privacy. Like, I think I was the only single human in that island that wanted to respect the monkeys, okay? And this is really important to state because I will be the only human in that island that got fucked that day. So it's really important to state this. Um, so anyway, so I was sitting like back, back, back on the island, like by myself, you know, on a little rock. And then 
out of nowhere, this mama monkey comes and she sits close to me with a baby monkey on her lap. So she was like, it was the cutest thing. Like she was there sitting next to me with this baby monkey in front of her. So she was holding a baby, you know. And I was like, so I looked to my right. I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. Like I'm such an enchanter of the monkeys, you know, like they come to me even when I don't. Enchanter of the monkey. I was living in another reality, honestly. We know. (laughs) Anyway, so this mama monkey, she um, like was on my right side and then she uh, went like from behind me and sat even closer to me on my left side. She was so close to me that I could almost touch her. And I looked at her and I went like, oh, this is so cute. And then like I looked at her and smiled. And apparently there are two things that you can't do when you're close to monkeys. You can't look them in the eyes and you can't smile because they think you're hissing at them and like threatening them. So I did not know that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, me neither. Because otherwise I wouldn't have done it with a monkey so close to me. She flipped, like, when I went, like, aww, like this, and I didn't even touch her, I didn't even, like, approach her or lean, like, towards her, she, she, she flipped, she hissed at me, and then she grabbed my, my, my bikini bottom, she beat my hand, and she pulled my bikini bottom down, and then I screamed really, really loudly in this in the middle of the island, like ah! And then everyone turned to me. And then the scene that my that my friend described was that there was a monkey on my hand, and half of my bikini was down, so I was <laughs> practically naked <laughs> with this monkey on my hand, and she wouldn't let go. So eventually, like I went like this with my hand, and then it let go, and then it stopped, and everything. But Honestly, she, my friend, she was like, Camille, she humiliated you in the middle of the beach. Because she, like, you know the, that, that, um, I think it's a, a sunscreen, like, that's like copper field, copper, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. That has like the, the little baby bottom, like, yeah, pulls yeah. down. That was me on the beach. But I was not a baby, I'm like a full-grown human. And the thing that was pulling it down was a monkey. Everyone saw, like, me... practically naked like with a monkey on my hand and it was so and at that time I like was really I was living out of my savings I didn't want to go to the you know doctors so at first like like, the doctors and got like a rabies shot please no I did so I did I did (laughs) so but at first for at some point like between the moment that I got because like it was bleeding and there were marks of the like of of the teeth of the of the monkey on my hand, but and then like I spent I don't know the entire day thinking like ah oh, should I go should I not should I go should I not and then I remember googling like rabies um like percentage of people that leave. <laughs> Google said that like from all of the people that got rabies ever there was just one person that survived. So I was like you know what I don't think I'm taking my chances. So, yeah, I eventually went to the little, like, hospital thing. They I, I took, like, rabies shot, anti-tetanus shot. I took, like, local shots on the wounds. Like, I took so many shots. I had to take shots for, like, I think two months. Like, even when I was back in Bali, I had to go, like, every two weeks to take a shot of, like, a rabies shot. It was so annoying. And then, like... Wow. 
oh my god, and it hurt so much when she was doing like the local ones. My, I, I, we have a video of that. Like my my friend filmed it, and then later at night we went to a party, and I had like this white, um, like my 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 entire hand was kind of like wrapped up in this white cloth, you know, that they did on the like this bandage thing, you know, and then I was there like partying with this bandage, like huge bandage on my hands, like ridiculous girl that got beaten by a monkey. And then it just became like the the joke, you know, like oh, I got beaten by a monkey in Thailand. And yeah, apparently that same week, I think like 30 other people went to the hospital for the same reason. They got beaten by monkeys. So apparently that's pretty common. But yeah, what annoyed me about this is that I was the only human in the island that wanted to give them their space and it was useless because, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, I don't know, like in my opinion, I like she got, she felt threatened. She thought I was going to get her baby or something. I think she went to me because she wanted food. I didn't have food just smiled at her, she felt threatened, she hissed, she beat me. Nowadays, when I see photos or videos of monkeys, I get, like, chills. I think they are so disgusting. Like, I I, I see, move like, people send me, like, these cute reels or, like, cute memes of monkeys. I'm like, Ugh. like, it gives me the chills because it gives me, like, low-key PTSD from that story. So, yeah, honestly, that's the... Wow, the, that's wild. And I love that you were like half naked, like with a monkey <laughs> on your hand, the whole island. Like, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. And it's funny because about the monkeys being cute, like, I also know a girl in Vietnam who got bit. I was like on the island with her and she got bit by monkeys and had to like go get the rabies shot and everything. And ever since then, I was because the monkeys like stole her camera and then they put it down. So she like took it back. But they're like, once the monkey takes something like it's theirs, even if they put it down. So and then like two like attacked the back of her leg. Um, oh and she was like God. walking away. And ever since then, I was like, monkeys are not cute. They are like vicious. But then my partner is like, they are the cutest animal in the world. We need to have one as a pet when we like live in the Philippines. Like we're going to train it with little diapers. And I'm just like, no, like monkeys are vicious animals. But then I'm over here like, I want a squirrel for a pet because they're cute. So like, maybe we're on the same scale. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I kind of like, I think I'm the, the only other person who agrees with you about monkeys are not like all that. Um, but that's a wild story. So I also have a really crazy story um and probably like a little bit less humorous than yours because I was literally terrified that I was going to get kidnapped and I didn't share this story for so long this happened in 2018 it would have been I didn't share this story for so long and then I shared it like on one platform where I, I do like lives but not a lot of people know what that platform is or find me there so I was like okay it's safe so this is like a new story for people to hear. But it was 2018. It was during Chinese New Year. I was living in China. Um, so my friend from the UK came down and we went to like Cambodia, Singapore, Hong Kong, like kind of a bunch of the places. We had like a month off in China. It was great. So we were in Cambodia and he was going to, my friend, he was going to like hike a waterfall or something. And like, if you know me, like I don't hike, like I can go for a long walk, but like if it involves a mountain, like it's never happening. So I was like, this is not happening. Like you go on this like freaking, I don't know, like 10 hour hike, like have fun. So I was like, I'm just going to book a tour. I went on TripAdvisor 
And TripAdvisor, you know, like pretty legit. So I booked a tour for the next day. It was like a tuk-tuk, um, like local tour. A tuk-tuk is, if you don't know, is kind of like one of those little van things. And there's yeah. like a driver in the front and then there's a few seats in the back. Um, really common in Southeast Asia. So um, I think it advertised like you go to a local village, you go to the market, you have like dinner at one of the local um, like rural areas with the local people in Cambodia. You go on like an ox ride and then the ox like has a cart in the back and you're in the cart. So I was like, okay, this seems like very interesting, very local. So the next day picks me up in the tuk-tuk at like 8 a.m. And it's only me on this tour, first of all. Like it was on TripAdvisor. So I was thinking that there would be quite a few other people booking this tour. No, only me. So it's me, this, I think I was like 24-year-old girl at the time, this tuk-tuk driver And then who doesn't speak English? And then the tour guide who speaks English, and he's also 24. He's the same age as me, and he's the tour guide. So I was just kind of like, okay. So he's just like a local kid, I guess. Like, he's not like, I didn't really think he was like an official tour guide. So we get in this tuk tuk. We go first. Our first stop was like this local village. um, And it was kind of like an outdoor market. It was very small with some homes, and that was kind of it. Also, keep in mind, I had no cell service. I didn't get an eSIM or like I didn't get a SIM card. There was an eSIM at the time um, for my phone. So like my phone is on airplane mode this whole time. I have no method of contacting anyone. All I can do with my phone is take pictures. And so we're in this market. There's like other people around. It's all good. But this market was like very dirty and smelly, which is like kind of normal, you know. Um, But there was a lot of like kind of like, you know, dead animals hanging. And I was like, okay, like not super my vibe. So I just kind of like walked around and I was like, okay, we can go to the next stop. The next stop, and it's kind of blurry because it was so long ago, but the next stop, it took like an hour to get there in the tuk-tuk. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're driving down these roads that are just like dirt gravel roads, nobody around, no cars, no people, like nothing. So I was like, okay, first of all, anything could happen out here. And like, I can't contact anyone. And nobody's here. Like, even if I yell, like, it's just grass. So we get to like this really brown lake. And like, it's not a beautiful lake. It's like brown, like not nice water. And he's like, okay, we're going to kayak to um, like this place. And I was like, okay, I don't know what place we're going to, but like, let's get in the kayak. So we get in the kayak and then he hands me these binoculars and he's like, let's bird watch. And he has this like laminated piece of paper with like all the different types of birds. And he's like looking through and like, meanwhile, I'm like, I don't want to bird watch. I just want to like survive. Like, I don't know where we're going. Like he could literally be taking me anywhere. And so I'm like pretending to bird watch and like pretending to enjoy it, but also like worrying that like I'm about to be kidnapped and he's going to like take me somewhere in this freaking kayak. So then we paddle to this literal hut. It is like a literal hut made out of wood, made by hand in the middle of the lake. Like you kind of turn this like grassy area and then there's this like random hut. So we get on and there's a man and his wife who's like shirtless, like older people, you know, like this like shirtless woman and this like old man. And then we're there and he's like talking to them in the local language. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, what is going on? And... I think she like offered me some fruit. Like I'm doing nothing here. And then all of a sudden this boat of like eight men, like this like motorboat of like eight men come and they like stop and they all get out and they have this garbage bag full of beer 
and like these eight guys are like talking to the man who like owns this hut or something like I have no idea what's happening and so to the tour guide I was like like I want to go like we need to go because I was just like what the fuck is happening but like they had no interest in me like I think they were just there to like drink the beers with this guy but I was like like why is there like there's like 12 men now here and like me and this one like shirtless woman and I was just like I don't know what's happening so I was like okay like we need to go we need to go so he was like okay so we left we continued bird watching on the way back um I was like we better not like dump this kayak because it was like the water was like so dirty and brown like really not great so we get back to land thankfully and then he's like okay now we're gonna go for lunch we're gonna go to this like local village so we like talk talk a little bit more and there's this it's like a local village in quotes because it wasn't really a village it was just like a row of like 20 huts and that was kind of like I guess the village and so we go to this one hut and there is like lunch prepared there's a hammock you know he's like oh like eat like try the local food and then the I guess like community leader guy he's like I'm the leader he's like oh, it's so great to meet you. And he speaks English, which I was like, oh, wow. He's like, yeah, like I work at schools. I help kids. I teach them English. Like I'm the like leader of this community. And he's pretty young, like 35 maybe. And then he starts being like, oh, I'm having an anniversary party tonight with my wife. You should come. And then he's like winking at me, like wink, wink. You should come and bring your friend. It's going to be a fun party. Wink, wink. And I'm just like, yeah, like I'll ask my friends, like having no intention of coming. And I'm also like, this is your anniversary party. Like, why are you hitting on me? If like you're celebrating. So it was just like weird vibes. And then I I wanted to leave and my tour guide was like, okay, I'm going to take a nap now. And so he gets in the hammock and takes like an hour nap. So I'm just sitting there like hoping I don't get kidnapped or something like doesn't happen while this guy's sleeping. And I was just like, where am I? Like, so then we go to the last stop and the last stop was I felt more safe because it was like kind of the ox ride so the ox was just walking down the street carrying like this wooden wagon which like sounds very like beautiful and idyllic but like it hurt my butt because like it was just like bumping up and down on all these rocks which like you don't think of when you book it you know you're like oh it's gonna be so beautiful no it was so painful we go to this random lady's house we start looking at her chickens and her plants like you know it's very local so it's like everyone knows everyone but it's like I don't speak the language they don't speak English I don't know like what the heck's happening here and so we're just like you know like looking at the chickens and then eventually he's like okay it's time to go home and I was like oh my gosh like I'm so thankful I did not get kidnapped especially the water part for me was like the scariest part of the day because I was like anything could happen here like I don't even know where I am I'm like two hours away from the city but yeah I thankfully got home like okay but um yeah I don't know I'm definitely gonna think twice and I've never booked another tour from TripAdvisor oh my god that sounds horrible I like it sounds like an actual nightmare like the type of things that you dream of that you're like in despair oh my god that sounds so like I would oh my god like horrible 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 I would be desperate like for sure especially the water thing with like the man and you're like oh my god that's so like it produced anxiety inside of me Without me even being there, I can't even imagine like in you without the cell phone and everything. Like that's so... The cell phone was like definitely a mistake. But, you know, I wasn't expecting to take this tour. And we were just in the city and everywhere has Wi-Fi, like all the restaurants. Um, We were in Siem Reap. So, you know, like everywhere has Wi-Fi. 
But then you go into the countryside and I was like, I was not even expecting to take this tour. And then like the whole time I was just like, don't get kidnapped. Don't get kidnapped. I kept like mentioning my friend who's a guy and like, oh yeah, like my friend, he's going to like meet me here. Like, you know, like just trying to do everything I could, but it was, yeah, like a crazy story. That's horrible. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know what I have, what I would have done because I think that as women traveling by, by solo, although you weren't solo, but at that point you were, um, I think that like we have this programming that we have to be nice, you know, like the nice girl thing. So like, I don't know, like when you see that the thing is just you, like, I think my instant, um, thing would be like yeah I'm not staying here like I'm not going to on this tour anymore you know especially if it's only me like I feel unsafe but at the same time you're like uh oh, you know get out go do nice experiences trust people uh be nice you're already paid no 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 you know instead of just like stating your needs but that's so oh and then it puts you in like super random and uncomfortable situations like for personally i have never been in a situation of like um that i felt unsafe in regards to like feeling like i would be kidnapped or like something worse even uh but i know a lot of stories of women that were either like in a hostel and something weird happened or you know like they were couch I would never couch surf in my life honestly but um like they were couch surfing and I don't know so yeah I don't know there like unfortunately there are so many creepy people but yeah I don't know yeah I know I haven't I honestly haven't traveled solo like too too much but that was probably like my one experience and I think you know, from their point of view, like they probably didn't, especially as men, like they don't think of it that way ever. And, but then like you say that story to any woman and it's just like, holy shit, no, like that is, but yeah, I think you're totally right. Like the whole being nice thing, like we always try to like be so nice and oh, it's going to be so awkward if I'm like, no, I don't want to go on this tour. But sometimes like, and I was pretty young too, but I feel like now I would be more like, okay, are more people coming on the tour? No, then like, I'm going to cancel. And even if I don't get my money back, like I'd rather be safe, you know? And then the kicker is I got home and my friend didn't even go to the waterfall. He just sat by the pool all day because he didn't feel well. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I almost just got kidnapped when I could have just sat by the pool. Like, yeah, it was, that was the kicker. (gasps) Oh my God. I, I totally get that. But I don't know, as a woman, I... And also as someone who was born and raised in Brazil, I have safety as like one of the things that are constantly in my mind for myself, for the people that I'm with, and also for my things, you know, like my possessions. So I always am like hyper aware of feeling safe and like walking with my eyes behind my back, you know, like behind my like my uh, head or something like that like I am always really careful and if I don't feel safe like I don't know like down or walking down a road I won't go you know and I think that um, sometimes we like want to save money that's something that I learned like sometimes we want to save money uh, like I don't need to get this taxi right now or I don't need to book this um private room or I don't need to book this um hostel that is only like female only bedroom or something like that but I will never 
compromise like my safety i'll never save up on feeling safe just for like i'd rather go on debt and like owe money to the bank you know honestly than feeling unsafe like i don't care safety is something that i really don't joke with i remember that one day i stayed when i was in like normally when i stay in hostels i tend to stay in female only bedrooms which is another thing on its own. Like, first, the fact that you have to have a female-only bedroom is an absurdity, but whatever. And also, um, some hostels, like, if you stay on a female-only bedroom, it's more expensive than being in a mixed, which is just, like, completely messed up. But anyways, like, not going on that one, on that tangent. But um, I remember that I was in Portugal, in Lisbon, and I had to book like a two day or one, like two nights, um, kind of last minute hostel. So I couldn't find one that was only female uh, bedroom. So I booked this one like random hostel that I was like, the reviews were good and it was well located. So, but it was like in a mixed bedroom. So I ended up like being in this bedroom and I think I was the only woman there and there were like big, really big and tall guys and like the room was just like really hot and really like smelling like men, you know? I was like, fuck, like I'm not gonna stay here. Like I'm not, 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 not gonna stay here. So I went like to the reception. I tr to the reception, she was a woman. I was like, look, I'm not feeling safe. I'm the only woman there. Like, is there any other room that I can stay in that has more women, like the ratio of women to men are the same or like there's more women or something. And then she said like, ah, oh, there is a bigger room. So we have to share with more people, but there are more women there. I was like, I don't care. Like I'll take the room with more women than the room with less beds and more men. So yeah, so she was really nice. She, she changed, she switched uh, uh, me like with another guy I think I don't know and the guy for the guy it was like an upgrade quote-unquote because he was going for a room which had less beds so I was like oh my god thank you and then yeah I ended up like feeling way more safe because like I was in there were like four bunk bags beds facing the facing a window and all of those four there were only women so it was almost like a section of the room by chance but it was almost like a section of my room was only women so I felt way more safe and yeah I, I don't know like I just when I feel like the slightest feeling of uncomfortable for like discomfort and unsafety I go and I talk to someone and I don't know I try to really think more and so I'm not putting myself on on situations like this you know so like I would never couch surf like I know it's really sad to say that maybe I don't I don't know I don't care but yeah I would never in my life like couch surf especially in a man's house like just me and him a stranger no 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 and it's really sad you know but like it's reality and i don't know there are certain things that we have to think about so we are ensuring our safety more probably than men yeah i totally agree and i do i do think it's sad but i also feel like you know it's so interesting because you'll see you see so many like f female solo travel communities on facebook and in all of these different places and I love that women although like yes sometimes like we can be like catty and like whatever blah 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 like I think we have 
so much more community and camaraderie than men do. Um, you know, like I was literally just talking about this with my partner last night and telling him like, he should kind of create something for men because women, like we have so many communities of like, Hey, where can I go to like, you know, have a women only hostel? Or I know there's even, I don't know the name of the Facebook group, but I know there's even a Facebook group for like, if you feel unsafe and like you're with your partner, you're like traveling with a guy, like you can be like, Hey, like I need to stay somewhere with a woman because like, I need to leave this guy. Like, I feel like that's the nice thing about it is like, it's such a universal feeling of like, doesn't matter like where you come from or what you speak or like, if you feel unsafe, like any other woman will understand. Whereas for me, it's so interesting. Like men just don't get it. And like, I understand because they've never had to be in that position. But I remember even in university, there was a bar and my friend lived like five streets away. So like it wasn't far, but it was like 2 a.m. and she wanted to go home. And she was like, I'm not going to walk home because it's 2 a.m. And I just remember her partner who like another day went out to the same bar and who was like, yeah, it was fine. Like I was super drunk and I walked home in the middle of the night and like no problem. And it's like safety is literally, and that was the first time I realized like safety is literally not even a thought. Whereas like for any female, it's the first and pretty much the only thought. Whereas like for men, it's just like, oh, like I'm pretty drunk. Am I going to make it home okay? Or am I going to like fall down and pass out somewhere? You know, whereas like the the safety is just not a thought. So I I find it very interesting. And there is so much more that goes into female travel. And even, you know, for me, like I travel with my partner who's a guy And even sometimes like if we are in a place where I don't feel super safe or I know the security of the building isn't good, especially in like certain countries, especially like, you know, we're in South America now. um, Like sometimes I'll be like, don't go out late because like I don't want to be here alone. So even though I'm not traveling alone, it still is sometimes I'm alone. And it's like, well, you kind of have to account for that as well. Yeah, totally. I'm in this Facebook group that's called um, Host Your Sister. And it's a oh, Facebook maybe that's group. The one. That, yeah, like that you can, ex- it's really cool. Like you can basically, like if you're a woman, especially and you're listening to this, um, I highly recommend you going in that group. You can either host a, a sister for free in your house or you can be uh, a guest in someone's place so there are multiple people that post there like multiple times per day i think they have almost like five hundred thousand or three hundred thousand people in that group it's like huge so a lot of people posting about like ah or like home swaps they do a lot of that as well so they post photos of it they post the location they post where they want to be in a little bit uh of their story and then uh, photos of their apartment and then it's really cool and However, like there are so many stories of women that are like posting like urgent, you know, and then like someone was assaulted, someone was harassed, someone is not feeling safe in a hostel. Like the other day I actually helped um, a girl that was staying in Hanya and she was staying in a hostel. She was feeling really, really unsafe. She posted about it there and she just wanted company. Um, I ended up like giving her a ride into the airport. She wanted to sleep in the airport because um, she didn't feel safe spending the last night there. Like there was this creepy old guy that kept like asking for photos of like women on the like, ah, yours, can I remember you from my trip? Like just, I don't know. I don't know what happened in people's heads, honestly. Anyway, so, um, but it's super nice to see like, 
the people like the women they post this urgent you know stories and then how many women like go and they want to be there to help and they want to be there as a community you know like and just uh be there for each other which is something that I yeah I don't think men experience that much especially when it comes to to travel and um oh I remember another story actually that one day I was <laughs> I was in Portugal and I went with this um to spend Christmas with this guy like he I already knew him um and he had a motorcycle so he gave me a ride um there so we spent like Christmas and everything and then eventually he had to leave and he had to go to like Lisbon and I was going down so if he dropped me off it would add like I don't know one hour to his already really long ride so I was like okay whatever I'll just like walk and take the bus so we left like we said goodbye and everything so I went walking to the nearest city, but mind you, it was like the 26th of December, you know? So like no, but like, and it was a really small village in Portugal. And, but I was seeing like on Google maps that the next bus would arrive at like 1.50. So I waited, for, so I sat in front of it. There was like a little cafe that was open. I sat on it and I was like waiting for, for the bus and I, I told the woman like in the cafe like ah I'm just making sure that the bus will come here at 150 she was like no it's not like there's no buses coming here and I was like yeah okay whatever she's <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking about like the woman that <laughs> I didn't want to believe her you know I was like no no the bus has got to come because Google Maps saying that it's coming so at 150 I crossed the street and I waited 150, 151, 152 until like I think 10 minutes have uh, passed. And I was like, okay, I guess there's no buses. I guess I'm gonna like either hitch, like I was like, I'm gonna hitchhike or I'm gonna like try to walk until the closest, the other closest town, which was like a two hour, three hour walk. And then from there, I'm gonna try to get another bus. I don't know how I didn't like flip out of my mind. And then I, well, like, I started, you know, doing the sign to hitchhike, no one would take me and anything. I started getting a little bit anxious, and then I um, started, like, calling my friends. I was like, oh my god, what, what do I do? Like, am I gonna be safe? You know, am I gonna make it back home and everything? And eventually I saw, like, this trailer parked, and I knocked on the, and it was a girl that had the trailer, so I knocked on the window, and the girl like pulled the window down and she was like yes hi and everything and she was, she was like oh my god uh i really need the ride like where are you going and she said i'm going to lagos which was the exact same city that i was going back to and i was like oh my god i really need a ride i can't get a bus would you mind giving me a ride uh, to lagos and then i could see it in her face like for five seconds she was like hesitating then she was like yeah of course like get 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 on and um, I was feeling safe because, you know, like it was a young girl, so I was like feeling really okay. And then I got on her trailer. We ended up going um, back to Lagos and she dropped me off. And in like, so from the point that I couldn't find the bus until the point that I was back in my home, it was like a period of like one hour. And I don't know how like it magically worked out and it would have, it was even better than the taking the bus or anything and she didn't charge me anything of course like it was a ride I offered her food she didn't want it I was like okay thank you so much and never saw her again and she was really sweet I made a really sweet connection 
with her. Um, but yeah, like I was just feeling safe because it was a woman for sure. Don't know if it was a man, if I would have accepted, you know, the ride. So there are certain things that you can't just like do. However, yeah, like, I don't know, thank God, like nothing creepy has ever happened to me, but I know a lot of my friends and, you know, other women that have gone through things. So we have to... For sure, listen to our guts, I would say, like, you know, like, if it was someone creepy that would have stopped at that point, like, learning how to say no, you know, or just, yeah, listening to that feeling of, like, mm, I don't feel safe here, like, even if it's not explainable, even if it's not rational, even if you can't point, put your finger on it, even if you can't re even if nothing in the end would have happened you know like in your situation like then you weren't kidnapped but still like we have to learn to honor this part of ourselves more than just feeling the pressure to be the nice girl and trust and you know like ah, i'm gonna have all of these nice adventures like yeah but put your safety first for sure always and yeah. 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 I totally agree. And I think, you know, you mentioned the host of sister group and there's so many good resources um, that are kind of like precautionary or backup. But I also think, you know, like a lot of things do happen to people and you hear about those stories less. Like for us, thank gosh, nothing has really happened, but there are a lot of things that do happen. And you hear, like, like I said, you know, you do hear about that a lot less and you hear the more like, oh, it worked out okay a lot more. Um, so I think it is really important to just kind of keep that in mind because things can definitely go wrong. And like as a woman traveling, there are so many resources, so many Facebook groups. There's also like a female digital nomad group. There's just a general digital nomad group. Um, and like women get it. So it's like really like, you know, I would never feel uncomfortable going to a woman and saying like anything about safety because it's like you just get it. Whereas even talking to my partner sometimes about safety, it's like, it's just like a whole new world for him because it's something that he's never, I think like for men, the extent of it is like, are these guys going to beat me up? You know, it's not like, am I going to be kidnapped? And then something even worse is going to happen. Like that is very rarely the case, obviously, like maybe in some circumstances in some countries, but um, it's a very different story. So yeah, I think like this was a really interesting episode and definitely not the direction that we were planning to take things. But I think that it is really important. I'm glad that we were able to kind of share our stories. And if anybody is listening, female, male, whatever, then hopefully like you take something away because safety when traveling, especially alone, but you know, even I'm not alone and sometimes I feel safe, uh, unsafe. So it's really important to kind of just have good habits. Like you said, like always kind of look around you, have peripherals. Like anytime I'm walking alone at night, even with my partner, um, cause you know, like between the two of us, if there's three or four guys that come like just him and me is still not going to help. Like I'm always looking around. A lot of times my partner will be like, just wait here. Like let the guys behind us, like go in front of us. Um, we actually had a really crazy story. I'll tell super quickly before we end off. We were in Medellin only a few months ago and we went to the stadium and this was not my safety, but it is really just to like get you thinking about like safety for anybody. Um, we went to the stadium. We like to go to football games whenever we're like in a new place, especially in South America. So went to the stadium and we didn't know the colors of the teams that were playing. We just bought tickets. We're like, it'll be fun, whatever. Um, 
And so I was wearing black. Most of us were wearing black. My partner was wearing like a blue, white, and kind of like pinky, like patterned shirt. And so as we're walking in, there's security, of course, like before you can get into the stadium, we're almost at security. And I didn't see this because I actually went through security, like the female line. And then the other two people we were with and my partner obviously saw this and I totally missed it. Apparently these two guys, because he was wearing blue, which was like not even full blue, but just like bits of blue on his shirt, which was the other team's color. They came up behind him. They kicked the back of his knee, trying to make him like fall to the ground. They started like jumping on his back. And then the one guy like takes off his sweater and like you can just tell underneath he's like holding a knife in his like sleeve. Um, And this is in front of the police at the stadium in Medellin. And so like this guy was literally ready to like knife my partner because he was wearing, you know, a little bit of blue, which was the wrong team's color. So then we go through security The security guards, meanwhile, are questioning me. I don't speak Spanish. And my partner and our friends, they're questioning us. And they're not questioning, like, the guys who attacked him. So it was just crazy. We go through security. Literally two seconds later, another group of guys, and I thought it was the same group of guys, but later they told me another group of guys, two guys, come and start talking shit to my partner and, like, pushing him around and stuff, trying to start another fight. So we were just like, we can't even go in this stadium just because he's wearing a little bit of blue. Like, if this is already happening outside of the stadium in front of the police, like, we can't risk what's going to happen in the stadium. And then there was this old woman, as these guys were trying to attack my partner, there's this old woman who's saying, like, oh, like, just let him get in. He'll, in Spanish, like, he'll get what he deserves when he gets inside. And it's like, you know, my partner had to translate that, but it was just, like, so wild. So we were like, okay, like, we don't need the money back. Like, we are just not going into this football game because, like, we're not even in yet. We're in front of the police and this is happening. So it was just, you know, football is definitely, you know, I'm sure from Brazil, you know this. It's very a heated topic here. And so that was a time when, Of course, like I felt unsafe, but like really my partner as a guy was the one who felt the most unsafe and people with like knives and who knows what else, like you can sneak past the police into those games. So just like not worth it. Yeah, like this is really something that is important, I think, as well to say, because each country has their own subtleties in regards to safety, like their own, their, the neighborhoods that are safe or unsafe, um, like things that you can say or not say, tone, t- tones that you can use, you know, sometimes like you will say something in a tone and um, it will be interpreted in a way versus, you know, if you say it in your hometown, it's like something, it means something else. Like in Brazil, like because in South America, like that happens a lot in Brazil, like fights because of games, like it's crazy. You kind of like, and in Sao Paulo, like in Brazil, we already know that if there's a game, especially with the big teams, like don't even go close to the stadium, you know, like at some point they, um, like there's this big ones that it's Corinthians and Sao Paulo. At some point they prohibited, like whenever they were playing, they prohibited um, the other team to, to like have the... Um, how's it called the people who are the supporters there so it's like either Corinthians has the supporters and in another game only Sao Paulo will have it and then in another game only because it was so violent like people climbing through like there were these actual separations like these gates you know people were climbing through the gates like to punch one another it's like something that is beyond the and I know that, like, in Europe, there uh, it's still, like, a heated topic and everything like that, but 
in South America, it's crazy. Like if they see someone with the with that color or something like that, like they will attack you, you know. And you just have to really be. And like I hate, um, like I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel like scared of traveling or something like that. I think it's just uh, making, you know, like doing some research, following your gut, you know understanding when when you feel safe when you don't feel safe like for example you being like okay we're definitely not going to go in like versus no like let's just go in and whatever you know like for sure something worse would have happened you know like it's obvious so and the police like doesn't care you know like some some police care the majority won't care in, in brazil in south america so yeah you just have to really understand where you're going and be aware that you know maybe things are not like they are in your home country in your hometown every country is different and but in saying that i will also say that as i'm from brazil brazil is known for being a violent country and for like having a lot of uh, levels of crim criminality and things like that and that is true however i think that the like i get really sad when the first thing that people ask me about my country is about like is it safe like i understand where they're coming from but for me it really saddens me because it's such a beautiful country and there are so many beautiful countries in the world that people refrain themselves from going on and visiting and exploring because they are afraid for their safety and i do understand like them being afraid for their safety however there's so much more of for um like of a country than just like a sa safety or not you know so yeah i don't know i also although like i'm saying that safety is really important and you should go with your good of course like before anything else i think it's also important to like really go through the misconceptions or the like preconceived beliefs of a country that is built you know like about it and just also make sure that you're safe but also go explore you know i guess that's my final conclusion of today's yeah episode. yeah I, th I think that's perfect you know like it really is a balance of going where you feel safe like maybe you know like a big game in brazil or colombia or like anywhere in south america even like it's not the best idea but then also enjoying and having fun and like maybe instead of going to the game like going to a sports bar or something where you know you can watch the game and like wear black or like <laughs> wear a very neutral color even you know the teams here are like black and white so then you're supporting someone still but yeah. you know like I feel like that's also like and it's just so wild because like our perspectives are so different in Canada it's like football I guess soccer for us like is not that huge of a thing so like it doesn't really matter you know and like in Europe it like kind of matters but in South America, it like, oh, it hella matters. So it's really just kind of like reading the room and also knowing where you are, which is what we kind of learned the hard way. But, um, and my partner's from Mexico. So, but I don't even think they're that passionate about football in Mexico as they were in Colombia. And yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, so that was a very interesting talk. And I think, you know, it's good that we kind of added that on at the end because that is just talking about safety for everyone in general, not just for women. You know, men want to travel and be safe and enjoy as well. And they're not all like creepy old dudes who want to take pictures of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a really fun episode. So let us know if you have any thoughts on this episode. You can message us on Instagram. We would always love to hear from you. All of our links are below our social links, website, all of the good stuff is below. 
And we will see you next week, next Friday, for another episode of our Digital Nomad Digest segment. If this episode has served you in any way, I would be grateful if you share your takeaways or what you have learned from this episode by tagging me on Instagram at nomadneeks. If you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star review. This helps me to continue creating inspiring and educational content for you in the future. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast.